Hey y'all, it's Kat. Real quick thing before we get started. I noticed that throughout this I have said the Black Lives Movement when I meant to say obviously Black Lives Matter movement. I have no excuse except for the fact that I recorded this at about 1am when my sleeping pills should have been kicking in but probably weren't and I am just a, a hot dummy. So just know that uh, every time I say Black Lives Movement, there the matter is implied in there and should not have to be implied. It should have been stated. And I apologize. On with the episode. Hey all, what is up? Today is a bit of a different episode, so buckle up as we're going to get into a Juneteenth episode of Queer All Year. And uh, this is Kat Jones, your host, and I um, have to again say that I am not a sound engineer, which means that G is unfortunately not here with us for this episode, Um, and so I'm going to be screaming probably at nothing. And like I said today, we are going to be talking about Juneteenth, and um, I'm not sure this has to be said probably for the... 80th time now, but I am a cis white female, and I have no personal experience with the things that are happening in the world today, and I am here to listen, and I am here to say what I am taught, I suppose. I am here to learn, and then I am here to help other people learn if that is what is desired of me. So today I am going to be teaching what I have learned and I am very open to criticism from people who are not coming at me with hate about how the Confederate flag is a good thing or something. You can hop right the hell off my feed right now. Hit that unsubscribe. I'm not going to miss your downloads, okay? Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, okay. Juneteenth. We're going to start out. Uh, The format's going to be a little different. So we are going to talk about... I'm going to give you a little information about Juneteenth because I, as a white person, had heard it had heard the word, no clue what it was, knew it was some kind of holiday type thing, no clue. So some background on Juneteenth, some information and stuff on the Black Lives Movement as it's happening right now, and then kind of tie that into the, the queer side of the Black Lives Movement along with I think I have some criticism of some local groups in here. But that's okay because I'm part of them. So, um, no pride for some of us without liberation for all of us is a quote from our queen, Marsha P. Johnson. And I feel like a quote from her is probably the best way to start out any sort of talk that is eventually going to get to the queer person of color movement side of things the cat has entered the room and i do not know how all right so like i said so if you're white you probably saw something called juneteenth pop up on netflix a few years ago and you went wtf does that even mean and then you went on to the next episode of house of cards uh so i'm going to give a quick shout out to 
the cat sneezes, to Star Dunnigan in her YouTube video called What is Juneteenth for Reckon and AL.com. And I read a lot about Juneteenth, but she laid it out in four minutes, 14 seconds flat. And so I'm incorporating a lot of the info I learned from her video, um, along with like the scholarly sources and everything that took me forever to read. She just has it going on. Um, So anyway, September 22nd, which is my anniversary, lots of stuff seems to happen September 22nd, 23rd, but this is way before I was born. September 22nd, 1862, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. So the thing about the Emancipation Proclamation is that it did not outlaw slavery in the Union. Slavery was legal until the ratification of the 13th Amendment on December 6th, which is our dad's birthday, but uh, in 1865. So not on our dad's. Our dad's not that old. The Emancipation Proclamation freed all slaves in states that were in open rebellion against the Union, so i.e. all slaves in Confederate states. So it didn't matter in the Union. So once the once the slaves were all freed in the Confederate states while they were in rebellion, um, that only meant like you know if you were there and you came up to the you were able to get up to into the union then you were free but it didn't free the slaves that were already in the union and there was slavery allowed in some parts of the union if will i'm not going to go into that whole go watch ken burns the civil war just just do that and then do some supplemental research on your own um so how did the now freed slaves find out that they were free? Well, they didn't. The white Southern slave owners did, and they freaked out. But then they remembered that Texas gone to Texas, and Texas flat out pretended they didn't hear. And so the other Southern slave owners, assuming the Confederacy would eventually win the war, sent their slaves over to Texas until the war was won so that they could reclaim their, quote, property when they won. The American Civil War ended in April 1865, and sorry, not sorry, but y'all lost, so take down the damn flags and statues and stop trying to make yourselves feel better by pretending that you're all proud of the South and Confederacy just because you're a rebel. Oh, you're a rebel, aren't you just the coolest redneck in your high school? Take down the flags. Get over it. You lost the war. But as usual, Texas had Texas, and there were 250 thousand slaves still in texas who had no clue that they'd been free for three years and texas also refused to surrender until june 2nd and they're probably like look we're really busy building a wall right now so just chill out or this is going to bite you in the ass in 155 years um i wouldn't have been cool with a wall then but you know whatever they weren't building a wall get don't at me So the government knew that Texas was a thing unto itself and was probably actively paying more attention to fighting Mexicans than listening to the news about the Civil War. So Union General Gordon Granger took a battalion or something of 2,000 federal troops to occupy Texas from Galveston Island. And there's a thought. Occupy Texas. Put that on a t-shirt. I will wear that. So anyway, when they got there, he was like, what? The Christ is up with all these black people in shackles here still. And so it was just like, boom, what on earth? So on June 19th, Juneteenth, 1865, Granger walked out on the balcony of the really 
super nice villa he was occupying and read aloud general order number three, probably in a ticked-off demeanor and feeling like he'd been demoted to a town crier. And so it starts out, the people of Texas are hereby informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. So basically it was like, look, you morons. The damn president said three years ago that you don't own people anymore and y'all thought you could get away with whatever you wanted while the parents are out and the babysitter's off riding around in a white sheet. But guess what? Daddy's home and y'all don't even get to pick the switch I'm going to bring you down with on your sorry asses. So hello? To all of the new Texas employers, I'll be expecting your employee onboarding paperwork in my villa by end of business tonight, which is going to suck since y'all now have 250,000 new employees. Yeah, well, so basically, uh, the order said that, guess what, you're all employers now, and your former slaves are all employees. And guess what, you got to pay them. So that's what uh, the thing that they had to say Three years after the president already said it. Texas. So, as Star Dunnigan puts it, America, America has two independence days. June 19th became June the 19th, like the 4th of July, and it gradually gradually became the portmanteau Juneteenth. Um, and also, can I just say how much I love that my autocorrect and spell check doesn't label that as not a word? I like that a lot. So it's June the 19th, Juneteenth, because June 19th is when the slaves in Texas, which is where like a lot of the slaves had been sent to be hidden until their owners, quote unquote, could come get them after the war. um, That is when they found out that they weren't slaves anymore and that they technically shouldn't have been slaves for the past three years. Well, you know what? They shouldn't have been slaves ever. You know, I feel like. I didn't say that because it didn't need to be said, but it needs to be said. Cool. Uh, America, world, white people. Okay. It's also known as Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, or Liberation Day, but Juneteenth seems to be the one that has stuck, and I am perfectly fine with that because I like portmanteaus. Uh, Juneteenth has been a celebration every year since 1865. You've never seen one, though, have you? Me neither. I don't know if it's because we live in Kansas or what, but there are celebrations across Texas every year, and I feel like we should be ahead of Texas in a lot of ways. Maybe not in all ways, but I mean, I don't know. Probably just haven't had my eyes open. So if you are white and you are just now hearing about this, let's open up our eyes and see how many celebrations we've actually missed. Um... Juneteenth is celebrated by wearing red, eating red food, and basically doing lots of things. I mean, you know, parties, cookouts, all that, but there's going to be red involved. The the red color symbolizes the blood spilt by slaves and the black people who continue to be murdered due to internalized white supremacy. And um, it's, it's not becoming more relevant. It's becoming more visible finally uh to everyone who who, i just can't also juneteenth is becoming more and more corporatized if that's a word i wrote that down and spellcheck didn't say it wasn't a word so and i'll leave that to someone who isn't white to comment on because i obviously it's not my experience i don't know how 
uh, how anyone feels about it, about corporations taking it up. Um, I do feel like um, if I'm looking at it from where I feel about pride, uh, the commercialization of pride really upsets me and it makes me angry to see places like Target and Walmart and all these things that don't care about us the rest of the year. All of a sudden, everything's rainbows. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, a portion of this is going to a gay charity. And it's like, which one? And they're like, a gay charity. And so it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, so uh, basically, I, I I can't speak for Juneteenth, but... I would I would think anyone would agree when I say buy local. Like if you want a t-shirt or something, there's someone local who makes a t-shirt that you'll like that uh isn't going to you know slave labor overseas and that kind of thing or you know just killing people buy local no matter what. Because it's your money and it's your community and it deserves to be there. All right. And so before I get to the queer side of things, let's talk about why we're finally where we are. Uh, um, my outline doesn't really... I don't, it's such a big topic. So it's very, very short. I don't want it to be this short, but I, if I talked about everything horrible in the past decade this would be a non-stop podcast episode for probably at least six hours and that would only get like the bullet points of it so um, I'm gonna talk about a few of like things that have kind of been updated maybe um so I'm gonna start out with the Robert Fuller case. There's new information as of 4.30 p.m. Wednesday, June 17th. I'm recruiting... Er, recruiting? Nope. I'm recording this on the 18th. Well, this is... Nope, it's Juneteenth. It's been Juneteenth for an hour and 16 minutes. Um, so, Robert Fuller was 24 years old when he was found hanging and, yeah, um, let's call it what it was, lynched. From a tree in Palmdale City Hall. In Palmdale City Hall. That can't be right. Palmdale City. In California on June 10th. Boy, did did I write that down wrong? That's no good. Uh, so that's under the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. I'm not sure what their track record is versus the L.A. Police Department. Um, I don't know. I don't trust the LAPD as far as I can throw them. And I don't think I can throw a police department. So I don't know how much I count or trust anything related to L.A. I don't know. Um, This is the case where the medical examiner was going to almost automatically call it a, um, a suicide. And everyone was just like, hang on a tick. And... They backtracked really quick, and now there's quite a bit of an autopsy happening. Um, What did I miss? Oh, okay. Sorry. I will probably edit that out. What we're also not hearing as loudly 
in this case is the voice of 38-year-old Malcolm Harsh, who was also found hanged. See, lynched. He was found 50 miles away from Palmdale in front of the Victorville Public Library in San Bernardino County. And, like, you're gonna hang yourself in front of a library? Like, come on, murderers. Be... Well, don't be smarter. Be easier to catch, but just not so... I, I don't know. It's just so brazen. It's it's ridiculously brazen how obvious and and visible so many of these things are. And they expect us to just not put stuff together or or because because we have been, you know, and I'll, we, we we have been. We've just been like, oh, wow, that's stupid. It was a courtyard outside City Hall. OK, yeah. Yeah, okay. He hanged himself outside City Hall. Okay. Okay. Yep. Anyway, there's that. So, in Malcolm Harsh's case, the coroner's office, and God, I hope it's not a coroner, but I'm sure it is, didn't conduct an autopsy for 12 days. Uh, I will say, though, we don't know what their backlog is like. Sometimes that can be normal in some counties. But this six-foot-three-inch man was hanged by a USB cord reportedly four hours after being stopped by a police officer. I don't have confirmation about the being stopped by a police officer part, but how are you going to hang yourself with a USB cord? I just don't understand. I I don't know, but the autopsy is still going on, and his family is very concerned that it's going to be ruled a suicide in front of a library with a USB cord. Yeah. So I said there was an update. There's a new chapter in the Robert Fuller saga. Robert Fuller is the person who apparently hanged himself in front of a city hall. Anyway, so his half-brother, Teron Boone, 31 years old, he has been shot dead by police. Now, according to his girlfriend, he assaulted her and imprisoned her in their home from June 9th through June 15th. And she reports that she waited for an opportunity to escape when he wasn't looking, ran to a nearby business, and called 911. A warrant was issued, and he was seen entering a car driven by one of his ex-girlfriends. The L.A. County Sheriff's deputy stopped the car and reportedly shouted, hands up, at which point Tehran, Tehran or Tyrone, I can't remember what it was when I looked it up. I should have put it in here. Uh, allegedly shot at them six times, hitting a few of their cars, and then four of the deputies just opened up on him, killing him and injuring his ex. And luckily, the seven-year-old girl in the back seat wasn't injured except psychologically forever so oh hey guess what none of the officers or vehicles had cameras i feel like i'm taking crazy pills what Mm. can't all right so uh another one recently richard brooks 27 was shot to death in a wendy's parking lot by officer garrett rolf Richard was sleeping in his car, which was parked in the drive-thru. The officer had him move his car to a parking space, and he radioed for backup because he seemed to be considering whether he should just let him sleep it off or not. Um, And Officer Brosnan comes, and 
officers Rolf and Brosnan consult with each other, and then Rolf wakes Richard up, has him attempt a field sobriety test, which he fails, but he's failing in a very friendly, compliant, you know, jovial manner the whole time. He's asked to take a breathalyzer, and he admits that he's been drinking and says, I don't want to refuse anything. He tells the officers that his sister lives down the street and asks if he can just lock up his car and walk to her house, which I'm going to say they would allow me to do and probably escort me and we'd have a lovely chat and I apologize for this because that is absolute... Mm-mm. I'm not supposed to curse. I'm not supposed to curse on the podcast. I'm not supposed to curse. Okay. So we know this next part thanks to witness to Shell Brown who filmed it on her phone. Richard is handcuffed and put on the ground and he's being your standard amount of quote evasive as is expected when you're in an extremely uncomfortable position with your hands you know behind your back drunk, scared and two people with god complexes are screaming at you that you're going to get tased if you don't stop being drunk, scared and uncomfortable. So Richard is able to get up. He grabs uh Bronson's taser. Punches Rolf and Rolf fires his taser. Uh, Richard starts to run away and Rolf is continuing to try to stun him as he runs. And the Wendy's camera footage shows Rolf moving the taser to his other hand so he can pull out his handgun while Richard is running and Rolf is running with him with his taser tased like in him kind of or something like that so in what i think is a clear attempt to distract the police so he can get away richard fires brosnan's taser wildly in no specific direction just clearly as a distraction which i would have done i would have just been like maybe they'll chase this or something and at this point rolf drops the taser and shoots richard three times in the back And then Rolf and Brosnan stand over the still-alive Richard for a full minute, having some kind of comfy convo and occasionally reaching down, but clearly not providing any medical assistance. A third officer shows up, and basically everyone in a two-mile radius has witnessed this whole thing now and is flooding this new officer with a T, at which point Rolf runs to his car and frantically radios for medical assistance, which is like smooth, Rolf. You've only got two dash cams, two body cams, an eyewitness video, a restaurant security footage, and the entire late-night college crowd who can report on you to what you just did, but no, go pretend like you immediately called for help or whatever. The thing about this, though, is that the news coverage centers almost exclusively on the fact that the Atlanta police chief resigned over this. So, ooh, yeah, that's great. That's what matters. Not black lives, white resignations. That's what matters. Uh, I've, I keep hearing back and forth on whether these officers are being charged or not. And next, I want to bring up Brianna Taylor for a moment and direct everyone to the most recent episodes of Getting Off, in which they talk about no-knock warrants and the murder of Brianna Taylor by cops busting in her door and firing indiscriminately into the home while she slept. I cannot even get into no-knock warrants. Go listen to Jess's scream, and I'm pretty sure she cried, and I cry too when I talk about it. I cry and scream, all that. Go listen to the two episodes on Getting Off. It's very important i think go just go listen to them so basically 
The police almost always have to bang on your door and announce that they're the police with a warning when they have a warrant. In very, very few circumstances, they can get permission to just bust the F into your home with no warning, in which case you for sure have castle doctrine and stand your ground in most states. Like, if someone busts into your house and you think you're in danger, you can for sure pull out your gun and shoot them. I mean, if they're the police, if they happen to be the police, uh uh-oh, that stinks, too bad. So, March 13th, these heavily armed goddamn intruders perform, let's call it what it is, a home invasion after midnight with a battering ram, and her husband thinks they're being attacked, right? Because they are. So he grabs his gun, which he legally has and keeps for his safety, and fires one shot, which causes the whole goddamn SWAT team to just unload on the house, shooting Brianna eight times times in her own goddamn house and that's not even the person the warrant was for so brianna was 26 years old and an emergency room technician at the height of covid when things were starting to get for real real so this woman was a damn hero and this better wake some people tf up because it is i don't know go listen go listen to getting off because i can't scream about this This is already 24 minutes long, and I was thinking it'd go an hour, but I don't know. Um, So to get uh, bring this on to the queer side of things, there's a great article on gomag.com, G-O-M-A-G.com, by Gabriel Gabrielle Alexa Noel called Black and Queer, What It Means to Celebrate Juneteenth and Pride in the Same Month. And I'll be quoting from that a little bit. One of the quotes that really hits the nail on the head as far as the experience I've heard from my friends in the movement, and again, this is not my experience. I'm letting other people speak through me, hopefully. She says, In black spaces where Juneteenth is primarily celebrated, there's a perception that being LGBTQ plus is antithetical to blackness. Other black people tell me all the time that queerness was constructed by white people, although there is so much evidence to disprove that, and that it's an intentional endeavor endeavor to weaken black families and communities. And she cites an article from The Guardian called The Idea That African Homosexuality Was a Colonial Import is a Myth by Bernadine Evaristo. Evaristo. And she also goes on to say that queer, quote, safe spaces are notoriously racist. And I, as a board member of a local LGBTQ plus charity, agree and see that 100%. Within our own organization, we lack any resources for people, quote, across the tracks, which our president and I actually talk about a lot because Topeka is literally still separated by the tracks. I mean, you could it is visible. And we as a city really fail when it comes to providing resources to anything other than the right side of the tracks. Uh, And this is a form of white supremacy that has to stop in order for our black queer family to be safe. I mean, it's uh, and I'll get into safe and all that. And just this. okay. so I'm about to get into the stuff that is the reason I'm perpetually exhausted and have no energy for life. Basically, May 27th, 2020, 38-year-old Tony McDade is shot and killed by police after allegedly having stabbed someone to death. Okay, you guys, sorry, the audio quality has definitely changed because I have been kicked out of my closet and sent to another closet. So let's start this one over. May 27th, 2020, 
38-year-old Tony McDade is shot and killed by police after allegedly having stabbed someone to death. Tony was on the run when he was shot five times in the back by Tallahassee police. Tony was misgendered in all news reports. Tony was a transmasculine, gender nonconforming son, wonderful friend, and recent victim of a terrible assault, which, according to a Facebook Live video he posted the night before his death, may have led to the stabbing murder and then the being on the run, you know? Fun note! Police don't have to release the officer's name thanks to Marcy's Law, which is a Florida law that classifies anyone who's allegedly had their life threatened as victims, including police, and ensures their right to privacy, even though Florida has the most lenient privacy laws in the country. You would not believe the info I've got on people from Florida. If you're from Florida, I have everything on you, unless you are allegedly the in danger or something and then you're classified as a victim and protected because you're police i've never heard of this law being used before so whatever just another quick little note here i am by no means saying that this law is bad for people who are actual victims i am just saying i've never heard it used before i will do more research on it because i think it is a very good thing I do not like that it applies to police officers, especially in this context, is what I'm trying to say. I don't mean to sound denigrating to all victims. Definitely not. Just putting that out there, back to the terrible. Like, I basically can't. So let's move on to Rhea Milton, a 25-year-old black trans woman from Liberty Township, Ohio. She was shot and killed in a an apparent carjacking. She was originally dead named by investigators, and the concept that she might have been murdered because of her identity and the murderers just took her car to add insult to injury has been completely dismissed, but the community has definitely not dismissed it. Uh, the further things that further disgust me uh, when talking to the police, her family referred to her as their son, and this is part of what Gabrielle is talking about. It is far more common for parents of trans people of color to refuse to acknowledge pronouns and names and identities than parents of other demographics. And again, this isn't my personal experience. Uh, this is me, you know, spouting statistics and other people's words. Huh. Sorry. Like I said, I'm hoping people are speaking through me and it doesn't sound like I'm some sort of expert. I'm not. Uh, yeah, so, pronouns. So then there's, if I went through every trans person of color who has been killed this year, I need to do that. I need to just do it. Not tonight, but, like, at least do, like, five a day or something, because, goodness. Dominique Fells, 27 years old, was discovered floating in the Schuylkill, Schuylkill, river in philadelphia on june 8th and yeah i'm gonna get graphic she had been beaten in the face and head her legs had been cut off and were found in a bag close to the area where she was found and her death was caused by multiple stab wounds she was so unidentifiable that she couldn't be identified for four days According to several groups in Philadelphia, 
There is an epidemic of murders of trans people of color in Philadelphia. The Human Rights Campaign says that she is the seventh trans woman of color to have been murdered in Philadelphia since 2013. But like I've said in the past, I don't tend to trust their numbers. Um, But that's my problem. Police are seeking 36-year-old Akhenaten Jones as a suspect. No relation. If you are in the Philly area and know this person, call investigators. Uh, I was going to have McGee put the number in the notes, but I will try to remember to put the number in the notes. So... This has been a rambling, odd, 30-odd-minute-long episode on Juneteenth and Black Lives Matter and Trans Black Lives Matter. There is a lot out there that is saying a lot more in a lot better ways, and I, I, I will probably flood the notes with links, probably, um... If not, I will post them somewhere on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Queer All Year Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Queer All Year, and that is our Facebook page. So if you go out and like that, that is a good thing to do. But a better thing to do, well, a good thing additionally to do is to join our Facebook group, the Queer All Year Mafia, where we can have deep discussions about whether I should be talking about this kind of stuff and fun things like that out there. If you would like to support this passion project that has led me to record this awful stuff at 1.40 a.m. because I am just so I can't sleep unless I yell about this stuff because I have a platform and if you would like to help continue this platform and all that you can join us on Patreon Queer All Year yeah Queer All Year on Patreon patreon.com slash Queer All Year and you can get bloopers and ringtones and stuff bonus episodes normally bonus episodes Normally this is about like the content and length and in, well, no, no, Patreon tends to be a little more in-depth, but you know, long and in-depth and very odd, I would say. McGee likes my episodes out there. I don't know about that. My mom likes my podcast. What else do we usually say here? I am not sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at... Katie Mac, I think I am. C-A-I-T-I-M-A-C. I do not know where you can find McG anywhere, but that's where I am. I'm on Facebook, Cat Jones. I accept pretty much everybody. My DMs are always open. No dick pics. So, um, I usually have advice from a unicorn here. But it is in the other room that I have been kicked out of because my husband went to bed. So it is in the other closet. So I will just leave you with the advice that we all need to spend this time listening and hearing, learning, 
opening our eyes, being willing to open our eyes, and being willing to be quiet when we need to. And that's the thing I'm struggling with. Do I be quiet or do I talk as a white person who has a platform, you know? So listen to the sound song deep here in my heart, Beyonce, right? Yeah. Listen to Beyonce. Listen to the people around you. Listen to people when they speak because everyone's story is valid unless it's about why you should be allowed to fly the Confederate flag. Don't even start with me on that. So anyway, just remember that you are where the universe wants you to be and on the trajectory to where the universe intends all of us to go. Southern trees bear a strange fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees.